0: Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the field of psychology and mental health, with host Gabe Howard and co-host Vincent M. Wales.
1: Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Psych Central Show podcast. My name is Gabe Howard, and as always, Vincent M. Wales is hanging out with me.
2: Uh, On the other side of the country.
1: On the other side of the country, but together. (laughs) Before we get started on this week's episode, we have a couple of housekeeping items. I'm, I'm pretty excited. We've never had housekeeping items before on the Psych Central Show, so it's, it's, it's pretty neat. Are you excited?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, go for uh, it.
1: <laughs> the first one is, I want to remind everybody that BetterHelp.com has been a great sponsor of the Psych Central Show podcast, and they're even offering a week free of online counseling. Just go to BetterHelp.com slash Psych Central. That's, that's it. Go there. Free week. So I you have to do. And also through the end of 2017, we are doing a listener survey. It turns out that we're tired of hearing ourselves talk without our audience being able to talk back. So go to psychcentral.com show and click the survey button on the right. It's yellow, 10 questions, it'll take you five minutes and you can tell us everything you want. Simple as that, right? And you would know simple, Gabe. I'm nothing if not easy. I've heard stories. We we did a whole episode on this.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: What are we doing this time? This week, we are going to delve into what it's like to be inpatient in a psychiatric hospital. Now, now Vin, uh, between the two of us, I, I'm the only one that has experienced this firsthand. True. And I believe between the two of us, I'm the only one that volunteers inpatient. Uh, so I volunteer with with other people who who are... Trying to avoid saying living in a psychiatric hospital because it's generally temporary. Uh, that, that, that's a myth we should probably dispel right away. Uh, it's not like it is on TV where people live in psychiatric hospitals for years at a time. That's it. Sadly, does happen. It, it does happen, but it's it's not as common as it's portrayed on television. That's fair. Uh, I believe the average stay is less than a week really, that's probably not enough time. And of course, they can only commit you to a psychiatric hospital without a court order for 72 hours. So, you know, many people are are getting out in three days or less, but that's not necessarily the focus of this show. It's, It's just what it's really like to be behind those locked doors.
2: Okay. Well, that sounds good. Should we start with how you came to be in that situation? Obviously I was hospitalized because
1: I was sick, I was suicidal and it was definitely the place that I needed to be And I don't wanna take up all the time talking about how I ended up there. You're welcome to go to GabeHoward.com and, and learn all about it. It's, it's an interesting story. But for the focus on this, I, I believe that many people have just the wrong idea about how somebody comes to be committed to such a place and, and what it's like behind those doors. We're in October right now, and uh, there's haunted asylums everywhere. Now, I, I don't want to fall down the rabbit hole and talk about whether or not those are stigmatizing, offensive, et cetera, but it does show that people regard psychiatric wards and mental hospitals and asylums as scary, as terrifying. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. True. And, and listen, they're not wrong in that they are scary, just, just not for any of the reasons that people think. In my mind, the thing that's scariest about it is that you can't leave. See, I'm an adult. I'm a grown man. When I was a patient in the psychiatric ward, I I owned a house, I had a job, I had money. I I wasn't allowed to leave then. I, I, I cannot stress how infantilizing it is to be incarcerated for my own good. It was absolutely necessary. I, I'm not trying to take it away. It was, it was there for my own safety. But listen, that day in the hospital, I didn't know that. I felt they were being mean to me and calling me dangerous and telling me that I wasn't good enough to be with the rest of the people. That caused me a lot of harm because nobody really disavowed that notion for years. I, I believe that people we locked in psychiatric hospitals because society wanted to throw us away. And then I was just lucky enough to get out. It probably impacted my ability to get better quicker.
2: And the reason that you thought this in the first place, again, was that because of just these false pictures that we have of them because of, you know, movies and things?
1: That certainly didn't help obviously we believe that psychiatric patients are locked up because they're dangerous and we have to protect the world from us. And and there's,
2: there's, there's a, a kernel of truth to that. But in your case, it was because you were a danger to yourself, not to others.
1: Correct. In my case, it was because I was a danger to myself, but man, I just, I believed every stereotype that there was because when I was admitted to the hospital, first off, I was sick. Let, let, let's, not, let's not pretend that I wasn't delusional, depressed, suicidal. I, I wasn't exactly firing on all cylinders the day that I woke up in a psychiatric hospital. So it's, it's easy to understand how I came to the wrong conclusion. But it's also easy to understand why anybody would come to the wrong conclusion. Again, locked doors, not allowed to leave. Mm-hmm. That's incarceration. Nobody explained that it was for my own good. The last time I was in the hospital, I was allowed to have guests. I was allowed to go outside. I was allowed to do a lot of things. There was no locked doors. When you're in the psychiatric ward, you cannot check yourself out against medical advice. That doesn't exist. You need a court order to leave. You're committed to a psychiatric hospital.
2: Now, we should clarify that we're talking about involuntary admissions at this point
1: no because I signed myself in I wasn't committed I signed myself in I agreed to stay for three days and I can't change my mind later now state to state that's going to vary obviously there's there's different laws and and hospitals would have different rules I suppose it's possible that I could have pitched a fit and got myself out but I'd like to point out that on day two I asked to leave and they told me I wasn't allowed This confused me because I thought that I was there on my own free will, but I wasn't. I found out later that had I refused to sign myself involuntarily, they were going to commit me. It's just easier for them if I sign.
2: Right. Because they determined that you were a danger to yourself and therefore they could not let you leave because they'd be doing a bad thing that way.
1: Yes. And they were right. I, 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 I feel the need to be clear about this. What happened to me was the right thing to happen. The reason that the doors are locked in is because they need to control the environment. They, they can't just let a suicidal person wander around. I, I could right. have gotten hurt. And as scary as it was to be locked in, it, it was for my own safety. The point that I try to make is that I don't think a lot of people realize that. The secondary point that I wanna bring up about psychiatric hospitals is the majority of them don't have ping pong tables. okay and I am bothered by this to no end because every single portrayal of a psych hospital on television involves psych patients playing ping-pong this didn't happen I I, I asked them about it I I asked them I said why are there no ping-pong tables and they pointed out all of the dangers of ping-pong tables from sharp corners to the net that you could use, to to paddles to apparently, I don't know, psychiatric patients can't play with small balls. I I don't get it, but this really did bother me, which shows you for this to bother me all these years later that, that clearly, clearly something was going on, but it really let me down because nothing looked like it was supposed to. And there's other little things about psychiatric hospitals that I think a lot of people miss out on. Like for example, there was no art on the walls. And you're thinking to yourself, why can't there be art on the walls? Well, because art is usually behind glass. You, you can't leave glass out. Uh, the, the blinds didn't have cords. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can see how somebody could hurt themselves with those things. Everything was just very dull and bland. Yep. And there wasn't a lot of knickknacks. There just, there just wasn't a lot of homey little features that you would find in a hospital because these things are dangerous. They could be, you know, fashioned into a weapon of sorts, Uh, which again is not good for people who are, you know, a danger to themselves or others. Right. So my very, very, very first reaction upon waking up in a psychiatric hospital was uh, this is horrible and I've lost my identity and this is the help. The help was absolutely correct, but you can see where, right. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, let's step away and hear from our sponsor. As soon as we get back from break, I'm going to answer all of the questions that Vin has about what it's actually like to stay in a psychiatric hospital. We'll be back.
0: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com.
2: Welcome back, everyone. We are talking today about Gabe's first experience, well, only experience at this point. So far. <laughs> so far, in in a psychiatric hospital. Uh, before the break, he claimed that he was going to answer all the questions I had. Gabe forgets that we've only got about 10 minutes left, so that's clearly not going to happen. But, you know, earlier in the first half of the show, I made reference to One floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, which... I think a lot of people have seen and that in their heads is kind of where where the state of mental health care is, because they don't know any better. And the thing is, I should stress that once upon a time it really was that way.
1: Back it was. when we were
2: still in institutions rather than hospitals.
1: I often think that if I would have been diagnosed with bipolar disorder in nineteen thirty. I, you know, I I could have had a lobotomy. I would have had a three day stay. I would have had a, a three year stay if, if not longer. One of the treatments back then was to put you in ice water uh, to to I, I don't know force a coma. Uh, it was just it was it was terrifying that this was. I I can't even think of what possible cause a doctor could think that. Ice watering a, a psychiatric patient down would work, but, but they did it. And it was, it was, it's terrifying to think about that if I was just born a hundred years sooner, that would have been my outcome instead of this.
2: Not a nice thing to think about. No, no. What's your next question, Vin? So you did find it to be a scary experience, just not in the ways that you might think of today.
1: Yeah. TV really let me down on this one. Uh, it was, you know, people weren't wandering around drooling. They, they weren't wandering around, you know, trying to attack me. I, I did feel safe. I didn't like being locked in against my will, but there was no nurse ratchet character. Uh, there was nobody being mean to me. People weren't getting constantly tackled by orderlies. It, it wasn't dirty. It wasn't dimly lit. I, I'm not saying that it was the brightest and happiest experience of my life, but people were nice to me and the doctors looked me in the eyes when they talked to me, there was no sinister undertone. Was it scary? Yeah. But you know, scary is not the right word. It was traumatizing, but illness is traumatizing and right. maybe our society should pay more attention to that.
2: So you weren't able to play ping pong. I was not. what did you do not. to pass the time?
1: So first off you, you do go to a lot of groups and they regiment your time very well. I've often preached that routine is very important to people living and managing mental illness. And I I still believe this, you know, we, we had lights out at the same time every day and they, they woke us up at about the same time every day. And we had, of course, breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the same time every day. And we had various support groups that we needed to sign up for. And we did have exercise time. Uh, We went and played basketball one day and uh, I joked that the name of our basketball team should be the straight jackets. And, uh, (laughs) You know, that was funny. That was funny. We, we laughed. I did art therapy, which listen, I still maintain that art therapy is the dumbest thing ever that I loved. Uh, it was pretty <laughs> cool. I have no artistic ability whatsoever, but we did it. And of course, in between all of that, you are meeting one-on-one with doctors and therapists about your own care. There is a lot of downtime. It was boring. i. Hmm. Uh, I'm not going to say that it wasn't boring, but I got to tell you, the more bored I got, the more, quote unquote, back to normal uh, I I was kind of getting. Uh, At first, I just kind of stared out the window because I was just that far gone. Uh, And by the end, I was bored, which is a pretty normal thing. (laughs) Right. Right. There was also a giant TV. We watched TV. Uh, that part is true. (laughs) That TV didn't let us down on that one.
2: We spend a lot of time
1: sitting in groups watching TV.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, that brings me to my next question, actually. I was going to ask you, we've already talked about the ways that your experience was completely unlike what you were led to expect. Aside from the television, how was it like you expected? Or was it? Yeah, I... You know, that, that's a really good question,
1: Vin, because it, I don't think that anything was like I expected. I really believed the day that I walked in there that it was going to be like TV, that there were going to be the drooling people in the corner rocking back and forth screaming, uh, that it was going to be overcrowded and dirty and dingy, and that I was going to be in, in constant peril, and that the staff was going to be out to get me. And uh, I, I, I believed it. I really want to stress that. I believed it. I created the very stigma that would later be used against me because I wasn't educated about mental illness. So I contributed to it and then I landed in it. It it was a mess. It was just an absolute mess. So I don't think that any part of my experience was any part that I expected. Not the good parts, not the bad parts. I suppose the only thing that was true to life is that I did get better. But in fairness, in pop culture, I don't think anybody ever gets better. We, we tend to see people on television go to these places and get thrown away. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really sad. And I remember when I was diagnosed, I, I believed that my life was over and I would be living in a place like this the rest of my life. I even believed that. So it made an already traumatizing experience all the more traumatizing.
2: Wow. That's heavy.
1: I also weighed 550 pounds. So I literally was heavy. <laughs> they had to get me what they called a big boy bed. So yeah. Yeah. That big was a big boy bed. Yeah. They called it a big boy bed. Apparently mm. it's a, it's a bariatric bed. It's, it's for, for, for fat psych
2: patients, I guess. <laughs> okay. Then you said earlier that not being able to leave was huge. That was traumatic for you. Would you say that was the single scariest aspect of it?
1: Probably the uncertainty was the scariest aspect because once I realized that all of the preconceived notions that I had about psychiatric wards were wrong, that meant it was replaced with, I don't know what's going to happen. And as scary as all of the thoughts I had in my head were, it was comforting that at least I was prepared. But once I realized that none of those things were true, now I just didn't know what was going to happen. Right. And, and that was kind of scary. In, in fact, I, I'm going to, I'm not even going to say that it was scary. It was life altering because it meant that I needed to accept that my deeply held belief about this situation and about people with mental illness was wrong. My entire worldview that I held for 25 years and believed to be completely accurate was wrong. What else was I wrong about? What, what other beliefs am I believing are true and that I'm right and prepared for are just incorrect? Well, and of course, this whole you're... thing is happening while I'm being given psychiatric meds, and I'm, I'm in a, a facility away from my friends and family, and my family's scared, and my friends are scared, and I hate to say it this way, but then it drove me crazy. It drove <laughs> me crazy to think about, oh my God, what else am I wrong about? And I just ruminated on that over and over again. And I had a lot of free time to think. It's not like I could go for a drive.
2: That's true. So your expectations were completely obliterated when you got there, because nothing was like you expected except for the TV. Pretty much. How did your family react? I, you know, you've told me this before, and it's, it's both sad and funny. How did your family react?
1: My family, of course, believed that I was in there being, you know, tortured, I guess, uh, because they, they had the exact same worldview that I did about these places. So they were crushed. Uh, they were just terrified for me. And they weren't slowly realizing that this was a safe place to be and that I was going to get better. They were on the outside and barely looking in. In fact, when I called my grandmother to tell her that, that I was going to be staying in the psychiatric ward, My grandmother, while crying, said, keep your mouth shut, don't say anything, I'm going to send a lawyer and we're going to get you out. In my grandmother's mind, I would have been better home alone, suicidal, delusional, and depressed than getting the help of psychiatric services in a hospital. And that really just sums up how much misinformation is out there. Because listen, and this is the most important thing that I want everybody to hear, my grandmother loves me more than anybody. I mean, just, I am the absolute favorite. Anybody that tells you differently is lying. But, but all joking aside, my grandmother is a wonderful person and she would never, ever do anything to hurt me. And I am quite positive that she would give up her own life for pretty much any member of her family. She's a, she's a great, great person. And if she would have been allowed to make that decision, it would have ended horrifically for all of us. And she didn't make that decision, you know, sending the lawyer and trying to get me out of there because she was evil. It's because she was dead wrong. She was so wrong. It was dangerous. And I think about that a lot. Thank God the decision wasn't hers. She was too far away. She lived, you know, five hours away and the the woman that brought me to the hospital made sure that I got to be where I needed.
2: Thanks for sharing that. So to wrap things up, what's the takeaway that you think people should get from your experience?
1: As scary as it is to be in a psychiatric hospital, it was the right place for me. Did it cause trauma? Absolutely. Illness causes trauma. Do I want to go back? No, no, absolutely not. I understand why it's scary, but it really did start the journey to me reaching recovery and getting well and getting control over this illness. And You know, sometimes you got to walk through the fire to come out better on the other side. Yeah, I I never, ever, ever want to go back to a psychiatric hospital unless I need to be there. And then it's the first place that I want to go. And I think that we need to get rid of all of this misconception that the things that happen there are to be mean to people or because they're evil or because that we're not caring. But we also equally need to get over this idea that, oh, well, mental patients need to go there, so when they complain that they're scared and traumatized, shut up, that's where you need to be. Because that's just mean. Of course it's scary to be in the hospital. Of course it is. It doesn't matter that it's for our own good. It's still scary. And if we don't address that trauma, people just aren't going to become completely whole. I am very lucky I was able to address that trauma. I'm very lucky to have good friends, family, support, therapists, and to have become a mental health advocate, which is you know, just the ultimate in taking it back. But there's just so much, so much that we need to be doing better. There's so much more education that we need, and there's so much more that we need to learn.
2: Excellent. Thank you.
1: And on that note, we're going to go away. Thanks everyone for tuning in and don't forget about our online survey. Just go to dot slash show. It's the little yellow box over on your right. And remember the offer from the beginning. You can get one week of convenient, affordable, private, online counseling, absolutely free anytime, anywhere. You just need to visit betterhelp.com slash psychcentral. We'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to the psych central show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you found this podcast. We encourage you to share our show on social media and with friends and family. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com slash show. Psychcentral.com is the internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. Psych Central is overseen by Dr. John Grohal, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is an award-winning writer and speaker who travels nationally. You can find more information on Gabe at gabehoward.com. Our co-host, Vincent M. Wales, is a trained suicide prevention crisis counsellor and author of several award-winning speculative fiction novels. You can learn more about Vincent at vincentmwales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email talkback at psychcentral.com.